Welcome to Inspired Surfers on Wavelength Community Radio in partnership with Jimmy's Iced Coffee. In this episode, Jim is in conversation with Nick Corkhill. Nick and Jim go back a long way as friends. And in this episode, they'll look back at Nick's life, his challenges with addiction, and how surf photography has played an important part on creating a more positive outlook on life. Nick Corkell. James Cregan. <laughs> how are you? Uh, it's, it's Jim Cregan in the trade, okay? Oh, sorry, Only... no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Nick, this is like one of our, I think, the last podcast of the Wavelength series, and what a way to end yeah. chatting to... To a very, very old friend of mine, uh, and what a pleasure it is to have you on on this wavelength community radio podcast. You're an absolute legend, and it's a it's a it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you, dude? The pleasure is all mine, mate. I'm very well. I I, I was just I was looking back through the podcasts, and uh, um, for me to be invited, you know, to be on this is pretty 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 cool, you know, considering who you've had on here. So yeah, I'm 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 absolutely stoked. That you guys have invited me to do this today. No, oh, but man, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a mega story, and you've got a pretty slick little track record for Ocean Time um, in a number yeah. of ways. And um, we want to hear all about it and sh- and share your story with a bunch of dudes. So um, it's it really is a pleasure to have you on board. Um, your voice, uh, we can just go straight into this. You part of your work that you do is voiceover work. I hate the sound of my own voice, and yet you're a voiceover artist. Do you like the sound of your own voice? I mean, you must just love talking away all day. But <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your um? Do, do you, how how does that work? Do you because do you, I, well, I, I mean, maybe I can hate it. It's funny, like um, when people talk about their own voices. Um, I think initially, when you when especially when you when you when you're doing your first ones and you hear it back, you you, you know you're a bit like, oh, this is a bit cringe, whatever, like that. But um, I think, you know, it's like with anything with work, you get you get into it and it just comes second nature, I guess. I don't really think about it too much anymore. Mm. I mean, when you've got a voice like mine, it's kind of hard to not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I might throughout this podcast just, just get you to say some sentences and then I'm just going to record them and then just have them as part of my, I might just play them in the car. Like Jim, oh. Cregan, the nicest guy with the most beautiful beard. Alive. I sound like a distorted Jeremy Clarkson there. That's just the worst. <laughs> oh, dude. No, it's um, with voiceover, it's not really about having a, I'd, I'd say, like a good tone. It's how you read the script. Mm. I mean, pe- people do say in the voice acting world, it's, I oh, hear I've got a good voice and I want to get into voiceover, but it's actually, you, I think you can have any voice. I think as long as you can read what the client wants. Um, you're, you're you're pretty good to go. So you you can read. You can actually read. I can read. Okay, up to, up to, up to kind of, yes, tick that off. Yeah, up to kind of GPSE level, I can read. G- GPSE. GPSE level. Brilliant. Excellent. Mm. So let's let's set the scene. Um, I'm currently in my study. Yep. Well, just basically just like a, a room that's a tip that my wife does some insane illustrating out of. Um, looking out the window, it's um, it's definitely not the Maldives out there, but it's um, it's fairly autumnal. It's very windy. There's um, just a mist of rain floating around, so it's all it's all rather exciting. Bethany Hamilton, on the other hand, at last week's podcast, she was in Hawaii, um, probably just about to go down to the beach, I think. So um, that was interesting. Um, yep. How about you? Where are you at? What are you doing? So I am, I mean, I'm in the Costa del Saunton. Oh. 
the Saunton Sands of uh, for people who know, it's very similar, almost biblical. I would say <laughs> it's derelict. Um, the wind is howling. <laughs> there is a nice fine mist of rain. I've already been in the water this morning, um, taking pictures of um, basically what I do down here in in school holidays is take pictures of kids learning to surf uh, for a surf school, surf Saunton. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's character building, Jim. Yeah. Do you, character building. How, how does it work? Is it like in the summer, it's like, I can't wait to get in. And then as it comes into autumn and winter, do you kind of go, oh, good. Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, Royal Navy basic training <laughs> this time of year. <laughs> you don't really want to do it, but you know you have to. Yeah. So get it, you know, and I think any surfer who will listen to this, I think, you know, getting into that cold wetsuit, um, for the third time of the day, uh, going out there, it's um, it's always that you know, push, <laughs> mental push. And how, what's what's your uptake on people once you've snapped their shots? Have you got a lot of people buying post post shots? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's pretty good. I mean, we're a very family sort of orientated space, Saunton. It's um, I don't know, parents love having um, photos of their kids learning to surf. So it's, um, yeah, it does pretty well. So I basically just go out for the last kind of bit of their lesson, take some shots of them standing and then, um, yeah, go from there really, see what they like. And then I do different sort of packages and things like that with the photos. Do you have any any mums and dads clipping their kid around the year saying there's no barrel shots? What on earth? Why am I spending 45 quid on this? Exactly. Um, 45 quid's a bit cheap. No. Um, (laughs) What are, you, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, I've had a few. Like, can you could you Photoshop in a bigger wave? Can you make the water look less brown? Um, you know, there's things like that, but um, more or less, it's 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 good to go. Like, they love it. They love it for the kids. And um, how long have you been doing this? This um, everything. This will be my second year doing this. Um, I got the idea from I used to do I used to do video underwater videography in Thailand for people learning to scuba dive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to go out there and make a little edit um, of their last dives. And then it's like that, that usual kind of beach bar scene in the evening, get it on the big screen. Obviously there's Moby in there, bit of all saints, you know, kind of, <laughs> you know, that kind of, <laughs> that Thailand vibe. Yeah. After, after the film, the beach. Yes. And then you've just got a load of really nice Scandies and Israelis and Brits and Aussies that you sell it to. Um, and it's all fun. And how, how did you? I mean, why don't we just rewind all the way back to the yeah, beginning? Sorry. Yeah, no, this is all good. Um, it's very, it's very water based. So this is rad. Nick, where were you? Where were you born? Um, in a well, in the ocean um, kind of environment of Surrey. Oh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, dumb. you can see why I fell in love with the sea from from Greater London. Um, so born in Surrey, um, lived there up until I was fourteen, mm. and that's when I flew. To the Middle East, and then came across Jim Cregan, rock and roll, rock and roll, and that's where it kind of all started for me. Did you did you surf in Dubai when when you were there? No, I didn't. I didn't. I actually was. That's where I got into. I first got into diving actually when I used to go on. When I was mentioning earlier about going on holiday to Mallorca with my parents and my dad, who is kind of this old school Jacques Cousteau type. Um, would take me down to the harbour and we would watch these guys, you know, in the, this, in the kind of in the speedos 
and the and the weight belts and the round masks. Such a good look. With, with the double aqualung and the twin tanks, spear gun and the Gitan or Marlboro cigarette. Kind of <laughs> and that was, to me, they were just the most epic creatures on earth. Love and that's, that. where it, and that's what I was like, that's what that's this is it. This is what this is where I can see myself going. But it wasn't until Dubai is when I actually did my um open my paddy open water out of the there was a dive there's a dive center in the do you remember the trade center apartments yeah one of the first kind of tallish buildings yeah yeah there was a dive center down there and um yeah we went used to go to the east coast um to Fujira and Corfican and uh, which is which is stunning actually the diving around there is pretty so this is like sandy beach motel kind of stuff yes 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 sandy beach yeah and again that was even more wild over there yeah Um, but yeah, no, it was cool. So that's where, that's where it kind of started the the diving. And did you? So your can you just expand a little bit more on your dad about this? Like, so has he always been like? Is he? He sounds like a bit of a water baby himself. Is that right? Very much so. Very much so. He, um, I think, sailed a boat to Mallorca when he was about eighteen or nineteen. It sank halfway, so that wasn't great. But <laughs> had to get rescued. How but do I not know this? This is. And I know, no, he's got some great stories. He ended up then working in, in Mallorca for this, the uh, Whitney Strait. Um, and all I can say that my dad was this, he looked a bit like kind of, you know, Angus Stone. You know, the kind of um, Angus and Julius, this kind of 70s, oh, yeah. kind of long hair, beard, round glasses, and just sort of, um, he used to sort of dive and look after this guy's boat and things like that. And, kind of lived there for years and um I think that kind of went down to me because my my other side of my family aren't really into sort of <clears throat> marine life and the ocean and stuff mm. so um I kind of got that bug from him that's mega I think the one thing about being in nature underwater is that you're so immersed I think it's so different from being I mean god don't get me wrong I love um going out on huge walks and trails and um but underwater, I think you're so any diver, I think, would hopefully agree with me. Um the the actual abundance of marine life sometimes, especially in tropical places, it's, mm. it's incredible. Mm. Right? Like you're in an aquatic tank. Um, yeah. And you're surrounded this is like you're talking like thousands and thousands of fish. Yeah, yeah. Of all, you know, of all different types. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm into sort of the bigger, bigger type of fish because that's kind of gyro. You know, more, more of a, I like the sharks and, you know, it kind of goes with my voice. Um, it totally no. goes with your voice. Sleek, sharp, fast. What am I, what am I talking about? <laughs> so, moving on from Dubai, you get mm. to Dubai when you're 13. Did you say yeah. 13? Yeah, about that, 13, 14. Yeah. And then, and then what happens? Dude, I think this is where trouble starts for me at school. <laughs> If I'm honest, I think this is a lot of the start of the problem mm. um, for me. Um, didn't enjoy school at all. Um, didn't do very well. How come? Uh, I think in my brain there'd been a lot of time in the UK where I'd failed at school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't work very hard. I thought I was a failure. Um, and I think, unfortunately, when you are quite young, it starts to build up and it starts to stick. Mm. Um, and it kind of rolls over. It's hard to shake. And because I didn't understand a lot of things, and I wasn't very good at speaking up, that um, I just kind of shook it all off. I wasn't into it at all. 
And did, did you, how did you, did you talk to your parents about it or did you not have that kind of relationship with your folks or how did that work? Oh, I did, I did. But you know, it's when you are a teenager talking to your parents, I don't care what any, I mean, it's, it's very hard uh, when you're a teenager to, to talk to your parents, I think about a lot of things. And mm. I, and I would like to consider them, that I have a very good relationship with my, with my parents. But when they've heard the same, same stuff over and over again, about why I'm not, you know, why I'm not doing, why isn't Nicholas doing very well at school, yada, yada, yada. And it just gets a bit embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't want to be there, dude. If I'm honest, I just didn't. I really hated it. Um, I think, you know, education now is very much geared to sort of um, really getting into what children like and what they enjoy doing. Mm. Not so much, you must, you are forced to do this, you are forced to do that. You, you know, I wasn't, all the subjects that I liked, I, you know, the, 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 I, I really enjoyed geography and history, um, but the kind of the core skills, so much of maths and English and physics yeah. and things like that, just it killed me. Yeah, mate, I, I'm 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 in the same boat as you. I, I mean, my school reports used to say that I was massively enthusiastic, but I didn't. You know, the the, the grades weren't there to sub to kind of like prove that like I'd be all guns blazing for it but I just I couldn't I just couldn't understand it I, I even now looking at a spreadsheet uh, I just I just get turned off by it and I and I want to yeah, fall asleep yeah. and it's it kind of seems like well Dubai back in the day you you weren't ever you weren't ever to, able to like leave school and then go and do an apprenticeship somewhere would you you it would just no. that just kind of thing didn't happen but here as you say like nowadays that you can kind of really fit what you want to do. Like cause yeah. if the school system thing just doesn't work for you, there are so many other amazing things that you can do like apprenticeships or just, just being able to go and work outside, for example, because some people just don't like being just sat at a desk all day. No, That's what people do from school. Sometimes they go from school and they go to an office job and they're still sat at a desk and you're like, wow, is this, is this, is this it? Is this did, this you, um, it? did you, day, did you, did, did you sort of, did you have, do you have a huge daydreaming set time? I mean, I am a huge daydreamer hmm. and I think that was, and I think that's where a lot of my creativity comes from mm. in terms of when I didn't understand things, I would just switch off and I would, my mind would go into this spiral of this other Nick Corkill world. Yeah. And I think that has stuck with me up until, <laughs> I mean, I still do that now to be, let's be fair. Are you but, thinking um, of something else right now? I am. <laughs> I get that sometimes when I'm reading, a, I could just be reading a book and I read like 12 pages and mm. I just, just, thought of something in my head and I go back and I say, I've just read that all those pages and I have no, no idea what I've just read. No idea. You know, I, I drive in my car, end up somewhere completely different. How I got there? No idea. Nicholas was probably, I was, you know, coming up with a new, um, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, um, that's in Dubai. I, I think because I went from a very kind of, you know, middle class, oh yeah, very middle class, um upbringing in england to suddenly thrust in and i also always went to only boys schools mm. well suddenly i'm in dubai with you know boys and girls mixing um and there was a huge and there, i know there wasn't a lot of us but we did have a huge social scene and i you know and i got fully immersed in that yeah and um i don't i don't know i think that's where the the the, the core kind of rooted problems of of which you know we'll get to kind of started coming out okay um, and i had to take myself away from education mm -hmm. um and that's when i decided to join the military 
So this is this is a sense of just like partying, but not knowing when to stop, and just partying, and it just turning into something. Yeah, but then when you, I think when you're at you know when you're sort of sixteen, you're not really you're like you know whatever. This is <laughs> there isn't a there's no problem. I'm just a normal sixteen year old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, man. I totally hear you. So you so that that's you kind of quitting or just getting out of the education thing and come then coming back and that's when that's when you did you go straight into the navy from there yeah so i i mean i just thought it made sense to me i'd always um loved the military i still do um and the navy just seemed uh a good choice for me because of my interests in the ocean Mm -hmm. um so and i really didn't know what i was doing dude if i'm honest as in i didn't know where to turn and like yeah. you said, the opportunities weren't there. And the Navy um, kind of had everything that I, I wanted at that time. Yeah. What I, what I thought I wanted at that time. Um, and did, is that a lot, of, a lot of it down to kind of like having a, a strict routine that you can't break out of? Because you, you just needed that like proper guidance and proper... Yeah, like- yeah, 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 for sure. Um, <laughs> I didn't really see it at that time, but I thought, right, no, go into the Navy um, sort your head up, go out, the, go out. I really did think I was going to join the Navy and be in it for the rest of my life. Right. I thought this is what I want to do. Um, it's got that structure, but unfortunately, um, for me, in some respects, the Navy was brilliant because it made me grow up quite quickly. You know, mm-hmm. you can imagine going from 17 years old. Mm. I guess it was nice to be able to have that realization. Um, once you ditched school to be able to be like, right, I have actually found something that I want to do for the rest of my life, even if it doesn't work out that, that it's going to be that long, knowing that at what, 16, that's a, that's, that's a real big positive, right? Oh, completely. I mean, I didn't look at it then like that, but I think when I look back on it now, you, I do think in my head that <clears throat> that is a very young age to suddenly think what you want to do forever. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the, at the time it was, always a dream for me to it was actually always a dream for me to be a helicopter pilot in the navy Mm. and um obviously things didn't go too great at school but um all i knew that was the one thing that was solid in my head was that i wanted to be in the navy Mm -hmm. and serve and so how long did how long were you in the navy for i did seven years wow that is that isn't that is a long time yeah, but it went. I mean, I was still only like tw- I was only like twenty four when I left. So I, I because I was I joined so young, um, it did. It went really quick. But I think what I was saying about growing up, the, the the biggest thing that I got out of the military, I think, was being injected into um, a. I mean, it's not really. Yeah, I mean, without saying too cliche, it is a lifestyle. It's not really a job, mm-hmm. and you know, at 17 years old, when I joined my first ship to be then in a, you know, in a mess deck, which is basically, you know, where you stay on a ship. I was with guys who were in their, you know, late thirties, early forties. I didn't know anyone before that, you know, you, you know, when you normally just hang out with mates at school yeah, with a lot older chaps, um, and ladies that, um, and they, and they, they have a huge influence on you, I think. And I do think that I have, I'd like to say grown up, but, um, it has definitely helped me um, with, you know, meeting people from all walks of life, not mm. going to my little Surrey, Dubai bubble, mm. 
But then no. Dubai, Dubai was great for new cultures and new people and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. So then, yeah. then yeah, experiencing that in the navy as well was did did the navy also have its downsides in terms of the social the social aspect for you? Yeah, but I mean, at the time, I didn't think it was a downside. <laughs> like, of um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, what it's like, but it was back then, and I think any maritime role, be it the navy working commercially, um, diving. It's a very kind of boozy mm. life, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's very inc- it's it's encouraged within your within your peer, like within your group of friends, mm. um, and it's unfortunately there was you know there is a real bad problem with that obviously, and there is still in the maritime industry. Yeah, um, just for you know, I've seen with my own eyes. Um, there are, um, I think, a lot of people trying to escape whatever it is they're trying to escape. Yeah. What what was your what was your catalyst for for leaving the navy after 7 years? Again, um I don't even know what catalyst means, sorry what. What, what was the re- what was just the reason for going? What what kind of, what was um, there a day when you went I'm out. I'm I think, done. I think I basically we were in um Kenya and I went scuba diving with this again it was diving instructor. Um, <laughs> these were this really cool Croatian couple. And I just, and this was the, you know, they lived on the beach in Mombasa. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've had enough of the, um, the institution. Yeah. Um, and I've just, I just want to go and do my own thing now. I want to grow a beard and get my eyebrow pierced for Christ's sake, Jim. I mean, I why not? I want to, I like, I want to make my own decisions. <laughs> the one thing about the military is that you are pretty much, you know, you're, you do what Her Majesty's government wants you to do. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not, you can't just go, oh, I don't fancy doing that this, this week. Yeah. <laughs> Am- amazing like to that. be like kicking and screaming at school, but then wanting to be I know. a skinned rabbit when you go to the Navy and then going, actually, I kind of want maybe a middle ground between those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, yeah, I left the Navy um, and went on to, doing my scuba diving instructor course mm-hmm. in the dizzy waters of Plymouth. <laughs> Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Um, I mean, tropical. I mean, the, the, the amount, the abundant, when I'm saying about abundance of fish in the tropics, it's more about the abundance of, you know, Tesco shopping trolleys oh. and um, cones. No, yeah. no. Um, it was cool. Good and size, I think, though. I think, dude, I think, you know, learning to dive in the UK and any, and again, any British diver will, well, hopefully, will agree with me on this one. If you can dive in the UK, then you're pretty much set to go yeah. anywhere else in the world. You can go anywhere. Yeah, I think they say the same thing about sailing in the Solent. If you can sail oh, the really? Solent, then you can basically just do whatever you want. Do you reckon it was the same as surfing? Um, I think for temperature, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe not swell size. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't mind trying to get to some even colder places, actually, because I think there's there's definitely there's definitely something that pulls apart between surfing in boardies and surfing in in a, in a crazy wetsuit. Anyway, digressing. Um, so, starting uh, your scuba course thing in in Plymouth, and then that, is that leading to? Oh my goodness, I need to go and check out some more tropical beasts. Yeah, um, I. Again, I'm just on this mission for aquatic adventure. Mm-hmm. And um, so I finished my diving course. Um, 
I mean, it's things again, like when I was going back towards the, you know, when we are, because obviously let's, I mean, this is where I could see alcohol. When I look back on it now is, is really starting to take hold. Okay. I'm in my twenties. Mm-hmm. First time I lost my driving license was when I was doing my, um, doing my scuba diving instructor course. Right. Through drink driving. Oof. Uh, I know. Um, New Year's day. Um, again, just cracked on. Um, anyway, I packed my bags after I finished my um, instructor course and went off to the south of France mm-hmm. to the super yacht kind of haven that is on Antibes. Mm-hmm. That's where you kind of go and get jobs on yachts. And I thought, you know, I'm pretty coiled up here. You know, I'm ex-Royal Navy. I'm a diving instructor. And yeah, it paid off. I then ended up getting a job on, at the time, one of the biggest yachts, private super yachts in the world um for a yeah very well-known russian and that sort of set me off on again a new a new journey there mm-hmm. um, did you feel like the whole was was the alcohol thing still kind of just on your back then as well it was on my back but you know you do the and i think you know you do the usual thing with look this isn't going to go on forever you know you're going to sort yourself out yeah, you know, you're not going to be. You know, it's there's things missing in your life. I don't know what they are, but there's definitely things missing. You're drinking. You're drinking when you go out. You drink a little bit too much, but it's still under control, Nick. It's still under control. Yeah. So this this is this is the conversation you're having with yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not in, in control at all. But you know, this is where it's very. It can be very. You know, it's poisonous. It's 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 starting to kind of. Um shadow and haze my think my judgment mm-hmm. with uh with clarity on my life um it's, it's really scary dude i bet so like, i mean especially when you're diving when if you're like hung over and you're or you're definitely not in control when you're diving that's that's as dangerous as it gets i guess is that right <clears throat> yeah completely and i'm gonna put my hands up and said i've i've you know, in all my in in some of the other places I've worked, I've you know I've gone dry, I've gone diving pretty drunk. Yeah, yeah. If I'm honest, like mm. still quite drunk. And you know, I look back on it. You know, you, at the time you think, oh, it's funny, uh, banter. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Jeez, oh, man. And then you're you're like taking people scuba diving who've never mm. dived before in their life. Yeah. And you kind of you think this is kind of some sort of macho thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. That, I mean, and then so. How do how do you what 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 happened then basically how does that how does that then move on from there? Um, right, so I mean I'm lost. Um, I've I didn't enjoy. I mean you know I had a good time in the superiors, but again this is like this is where the patterns start emerging. I'm not happy with what I'm doing on yachts. Mm. Um, even and even though I'm feeling like I should, this this whole thing in my brain like other other people are enjoying it nick so why aren't you enjoying this mm. why aren't you encur- why aren't you enjoying going to all these places and working on these magnificent boats um it just wasn't for me um, is that is that because also when you actually genuinely look at those boats you just think this is so so not real in the first place it's like disneyland so you're kind of in a dream world anyway coupled with mm. an alcohol thing as well i i can i can see where you're totally coming from cuz and, and it's not like that's not a that's not a full blown like you're not gonna be doing that until you're until you retire are you that's that's a that's a young person well for me it seems like a young person's game they go in a few years have a lot of fun and then and then yeah unless you, unless you want to sort of go up the ranks and be a captain yeah but, you know I didn't I didn't see myself doing any of that 
Yeah. This is where um, this is where a lot of the um, you know the doubt in my ability of life generally in terms of what I'm doing. Mm. It's really starting to set home now. I feel like I failed the Navy. I struggled when I, you know, I had started having regrets about leaving the Navy. You know, I said I did my diving instructor course in Plymouth. I was an absolute nightmare in Plymouth, mm. like is in terms of my actual studies. Yeah. The dive center I worked through, I put them through hell. Mm. Um, and then the same with yachting. I wasn't, I wasn't great. I wasn't great. Mm-hmm. I, I um I really didn't know what was going on. But is that are you punish? Are you like genuinely punishing yourself too much and think overthinking stuff? Because a lot of people do just wing things and they get by, and that's just the way they do it. I mean, even I look at how we run our iced coffee company, and I'm just like, God, without all these people, this thing just wouldn't exist. And yeah. I feel like sometimes where I'm just like, Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 completely, man. Um, comparing myself, I mean, I, it's where, you know, it's where you, I look at myself and then look at the people around you and I felt like I'm an imposter a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think the superficial side of super yachting, a lot of the people, gosh, it's going to sound like I'm <laughs> off the super yacht industry, but you know, a lot of the people that you meet in that industry weren't really my kettle of fish. No, and, I wouldn't imagine they are. And, um, I think I struggled with that a lot. And, um, like it's kind of, who do you think you are kind of thing? Mm. Um, and again, it's a very fickle industry, um, unfortunately. And, um, I think going from a very kind of regimented, a very professional service, uh, i.e. the Royal Navy into super yachting that hit me hard mm. a lot. Um, but so anyway, moving on from super yachts, I was like, right, okay, fine. Going to move on to yacht from yachting. Um, I then went and worked in a dive center um, in Sardinia, which is the most beautiful spot. And actually, it was a very simple role. Um, it was myself and, an, and, a, and um, another guy who is, is a legend. And we had a little dive center, worked for a company called Mark Warner, which is like a British holiday company yeah. down on the beach. Had a little shack. And it's probably, I would say, one of the happiest jobs um, I ever had. Mm-hmm. But there... Um, it was the first time where I actually was felt people were disappointed in me because of my actions. Okay. I'd never really felt that way, but a lot of people who respected me and liked me were actually really upset with me. Okay. So what do you mind, do you mind saying what, like what kind of things you had done for them to, to be genuinely really upset with you? Um, okay. So, I mean, just, just random things like I, the, the drinking in excess, Mm. Um, and then obviously my reaction because of my, because, well, because I wasn't unhappy, my, in my brain, I would just lash out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do this. Um, I would, you know, just be very destructive and just mm-hmm. go off and just go off and do mad, you know, just ridiculous things and on, on my own, mm-hmm. which is scary, not with other people, mm. the, 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 the social drinking aspect was obviously still there, but the things of the, the drinking on my own, mm. that was starting to creep in. Okay. And would, that, would that turn that into daytime as well as nighttime then? Not there so much. Um, but once that, that job ended, um, I then, when I, when I got back to the UK, um, that uh, it really did. That's where it really started happening then. Yeah. Um, 
Just, just, just before you left Sardinia, did was that on your terms to leave, or did you were you asked to leave, or did you just leave? Just about. I got um, my 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 boss, kind of my diving instructor boss, kind of um, saved me from the actual general. Well, not saved me, but um, kind of had a word with the general manager, mm. um, and he kind of got me you know just to leave normally but yeah I don't think they wanted me there at the end yeah and that that was a real kind of a, a big blow to you because that's yeah. the first time as you say that you saw the someone first time I ever actually felt like I let someone down yeah like, and that's, really that's, that's, down. A, that's a big deal isn't it yeah yeah because the thing is Jim I'm also really conscious about what people think about me uh, everyone is, is man everyone is, really everyone is conscious about what other people think. You Whatever think? they say, they are. Okay. Because I almost think I sometimes think way too. I, I'm I'm way too hard for that. I'm like I mean, is it not hard for it? I'm way too into like thinking about what people think. No man, I think people think that all the time. Just by looking at people, what people wear, that's it's an immediate statement of who they want to seem like they are as a person. And, and people are wearing all types of clothes. And you know, it's it's people say, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks. There are there's a very 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 small handful of people, and probably those people don't even talk to many people at all. They don't they're not out in social circles because they probably don't want to be around those kind of people anyway. Mm. So yeah, so so coming back from Sardinia and straight into another dive another dive center was that in Plymouth? No, 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 dude, I didn't do any of that. Oh, you didn't do any of that? No. So I got back, um, like I was saying about having no qualifications. Mm. I mean, what am I doing in England? I'm like literally qualified to work either in a dive center in England, which is really hard to come by, yeah, or work, or work in a pub, yeah. I've nothing, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, obviously the 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 regret of my life starts uh, of decisions I've made um, starts you know it starts piling, starts piling. Mm-hmm. Um, I then went and moved down to South Devon. Um, to my parents' pub. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously, they didn't know really what was going on. Um, they just thought, you know, I was a bit of a lost child. Mm-hmm. Um, because, obviously, I've been working abroad and living abroad, and I don't tell them things. You know, you don't yeah. want to worry them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I probably went into the wrong, you know, you you know, it's like a bull in a china. It's like a hand grenade. You go and put a sort of up-and-coming alcoholic. yeah. To trying to work <laughs> to working in a pub in the middle of the countryside, yeah, um, which was one of the most depressing things I think I've ever done in my life. Mm. It had this kind of ro- I had this kind of romantic idea of you know running my parents' pub and surfing and um, you know meeting someone nice and kind of settling down in the beautiful South Devon. Yeah, but it God did it spiral did it spiral mm-hmm. and is that because it's it is it's it's quite away from places and it gets very dark and winter can be very miserable and yeah yeah and piling everyone, those and everyone all the locals are miserable as well like everyone not saying that's a i don't blame them mm. it's just hard it's just a hard you know rural places in the south you know everyone you know holiday maker you know they see devon and cornwall being these like luxurious lovely places yeah but you know um those few min- honestly, winter months are can be honestly, hellish, right? yeah I mean, the, the, having work, getting work down here is is hard enough as it is, you know. And and you know, a lot of people do turn to booze and drugs because there's nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I can totally see why it happens. Mm-hmm. So that that, got, that basically was the the next step to the to your worst to your work, like to the depths of everything for you. 
I think when you get to the stage when your parents are actually telling you to, are pretty much telling you that you can't work in their pub mm. because you're an absolute liability. Yeah. Is pretty dark. It's pretty yeah. low. Okay. Your parents throwing you, like basically firing you. Yeah. Um, and then I, it was actually my mum's idea. She said to me, look, why don't you go, go off, see the world? Because really, I mean, I've seen the world in terms of like the Navy, mm. where you go into ports and you stay there for a few, but in terms of actual independent traveling, I'd never really done any. Mm-hmm. So I thought that might, I don't know. I just thought I might sort of find myself, I don't know, find myself, whatever you want to say. Yeah. So, it's um, going to be better than being in Devon, working behind a bar when you've got a slight pension for booze anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I think, but you know, I just add fuel to the fire. So going off backpacking around Asia is just, let's go and do buckets. <laughs> I didn't, again, I'm too, the social scene of, 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 um, uh, traveling is, is immense as you, you know, as you know, yeah. and you, you know, and I think I'm quite, I'd like to think, cause I'm quite a sort of, I love meeting people. I find it fascinating. And I think, you know, from our Dubai days, you know, just meeting people from all walks of life. Um, but I also think that has also contributed to the fact that, you know, the whole soap, the drinking and, you know, whatever drug taking yeah, has come into that quite heavy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I um, I tried to get into sort of the cultural thing and doing, and I really did want to, but unfortunately, partying took president. Like it, it, that was more important to me. That was the priority. Yeah, man. Yeah, and what? And then was there another turning point there where you're just, or, or you know, events that happen where you kind of go, oh my god, like what? It kind of feels like we're getting to the point where you hit the bottom and you go. I mean, there's got to be time and time again where you go, oh, enough is enough. I'm being such an idiot. What the hell am I doing? Go and try and find something else. And then eventually you go, enough is enough. Like, was there, at what point did you get to your, I'm done? You know what, dude? I'm still battling away. I'm still trying to find whatever it is. I haven't got to rock bottom, but um, I still haven't given up on myself. Yeah, well, which is which is amazing. But there must there must have been a day. I mean, what was the what was the turning point to actually go, do you know what I? Oh, right. I know there's this issue, and I'm oh, going to consult it. So what's? What- oh, dude, right. Well, that's you know. Sorry, yeah. So this is like a few years later mm. uh, after my travelling, after living in Australia, blah blah blah. I'm then back in the UK, um, and I'm in Bristol. Um, loads of stuff has happened, and I just woke up one morning, and I just. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I wish I could tell you a really good story, but I looked at myself in the mirror and I just think I've, I just said, I've got a problem to myself in the mirror. Mm. I wish there was a better story than that, but there were, well, no, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a better story than that. I it's didn't just see a light or anything. Or I it literally, I woke up and I phoned my parents and was like, I need help. Mm. Cause Isn't I, it amazing I, that they just happened that morning. We, were you like, especially like no, hungover with, with their, with their bottles of booze by your bed, you know, how, how does that scene get set? Or was it literally just like, do you know what today this is it today's just you managed to wake up and one part of your brain went you're gonna ask your mum and dad for help today yeah i mean i'd been like you know previous to that i'd been stealing i'd been um i'd sold things to get money i was you know i'd lost my driving license again you know i've christ i mean i haven't really shared this but you know i was standing on the side of um uh the avon gorge thinking how could i end my life without 
with it affecting as least amount of people as possible? How would I do this without, um, what would be the best way basically to end my life? Yeah. And I think when you start thinking about things like that, even though I don't even know if I had the ball, would ever have the balls to do it, but it was, it was that. Well, man, yeah, think, thinking about that kind of stuff is, you know, that's, that, that's as deep as it needs to go to, to be able to make any change. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and then I just, I, I, I literally, it was, I woke up and whenever, in whatever state I was in, and by this time I would, you know, I was, I literally just drank on my own in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'd be from, would you just drink from the morning? Would you just get up and? No, not normally. Um, I, no, I, you know, it's a very, I was very sort of deviant like that as in terms of, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd like to think that I was normal because I didn't drink in the morning. I'd wait till the afternoon. Um, yeah. but, you know, I would be hiding my drinking from people. Mm. So I'd have white bottle, you know, like the bottles and there'd be alcohol in it, not soft mm. drink or, yeah. you know, um, and you know, but I mean, you know, I my friends are my friends. They know me so well. They knew things were bad, mm. but who's going to tell you, who's going to tell an alcoholic that uh, who's basically in a bad mood the entire time. Mm. Like you're just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. People had given up on me because of the countless times that people have tried to help me. Mm. Are they, are they back in the fold now? You're those, those buddies. Yeah. What a journey. What, what an amazing journey to go through with someone. One of my closest friends fired me twice. And it's still, <laughs> it's still, I'd say she's one of my best friends. That, that's, now that is a story. <laughs> I know. She's fired me twice. And that's like, look at that love for a human. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And do you feel like, because there's obviously there's this big connection with this podcast for being in the sea. Um, obviously the sea, the sea, You've you've always had a draw towards the sea, um, yeah. but sometimes it's just been with the wrong people, and it kind of feels like you've been surrounded by a too many people and b the wrong too many people who who don't enjoy the sea for what it really really gives, and it kind of seems like you your relationship with the sea should actually just be you and the sea, and not you and twenty thousand other people who are all you know just up for a party and very kind of i don't know not really using it for its true benefit is that right yeah i think i think completely sorry man i just like, really had a bit of a a moment there dude um, it's fine it's i mean i just appreciate you just telling us about this because yeah it's, it's not sorry, easy it's man. A little bit then. um yeah i think the people i used to drink with um they kind of when I went because I went to rehab and I was worried about would I have to say something to the people that I drink with um and party with about my addiction and um you know because obviously I don't drink anymore but it was weird when I got back um I noticed that the people that I thought were my friends who I got really drunk with or whatever they kind of just faded off into the background because I had nothing in common with yeah, them apart from drinking who I, apart from drinking mm. and the the actual, uh, the people that I <laughs> would have thought that, you know, they were, a, you know, they're my mates and whatever, and I go to the sea with, mm. Christ, they're my friends, you know, they're my actual real yeah. friends here. Yeah, And, you know, um, and I think I go, I go to the ocean. Sorry, mate, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just completely thrown. No, it's. I don't, I, just because I don't, like. 
Yeah, sorry, man. Mate, it's literally fine. It's it's all it, it's it's actually quite nice to just. To, I mean, I haven't even spoken to you about this before, and it's and despite the fact it's it's a recorded thing, it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter to me if it does. If it matters to you, you know, we don't have to we don't have to go for it. But it's just it's nice just to be able to talk to you about it anyway. No, I do like, mate. I just it's so important. Like, I, this is why I'm so important to talk about it. But I feel at the moment, I'm just. I think what's happened is like I just when we started bringing up some stuff. Mm sat there and i'm trying to answer your questions and i just need it to like like process yeah it. like oh, man, I, position. It, I haven't you know because you don't i try because i'm trying to live in the now mm. and then when i was when i bring up the past mm. even though i did it to like I, i've done it hundreds of times i think i think i don't know um, yeah you can sorry, make no I, I get it i get it this the other way around is when you're i'm trying to interview people and you're listening to what they're saying and you're trying to think of the next question at the same time and you're like i'm not listening to what you're saying and I don't know what I'm next going to ask you, and I'm and I get into this like yeah, 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 yeah. so. It, mate, it's honestly, it's it's no drama at all. You're now you're obviously you've you've been through a shit load of stuff, um, mm. and you've come out the other side. You're alive. Booze is no longer a part of your life. You've made that you've made that a thing. Mm. Um, now you're 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 very much in the water a lot of the time. And can you tell me how that the water so, time that you're getting now is kind of giving you that. How does how is that helping you on your your journey of living in the now that you're doing at the moment? Yeah. So great, great question. So um, when I was in, um, I did a thing called the twelve step program, which is the um, by the Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And um, when I was in rehab, when I first started, we started sort of, sort of started on my journey with the with the recovery. Um, you're suggested and told to kind of get a higher power. Right. And that could be literally anything. Back in the day, uh, AA was quite a religious thing, so it was always sort of looking at God. Mm-hmm. Now it can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Your refrigerator, if you wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But for me, <laughs> so I know, cool. Um, for me, it clicked in my head that my main thing, the only thing that has ever, never changed in my life is the ocean. Yeah. It's never. There's nothing that ever has changed how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. I might have neglected my time that I spent in the sea, but all I knew is that my love from when I was four, when I was going down to that, to watch those people with my dad yeah. going on the boat to, to now to this day has never changed. Mm. That's the one thing that solidly changed. It's that and, consistent, isn't it? It's that one consistent thing. Yeah. That yeah. one consistent, it is completely. And I, I was like, right, well, that's my higher power. That is the one thing that is always going to be strong and it's always going to help me. Whenever mm-hmm. I feel like I want to drink or I want to, you know, do whatever it is, you know, remember that, you know, with addiction, there comes a lot of other things, the lying, the stealing, everything, mm-hmm. the deceit, mm-hmm. whenever, and like, I will be totally hands up to whoever's listening to this. Those things are still triggers. They still happen in my head. Mm. And all I do is have to remind myself that if I do anything, if I go back on whatever it is that I've learned in the last five and a half years. Yeah that ocean is going to go is 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 going to be in the is going to be in the back of my head again it's going to go again yeah and that knowledge that i've always got the sea which is the most highest power over anything 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 yeah like it is the like it is so powerful um you know just physically just looking at it mm. um it is um, it's just it's a huge it's a huge just um, force of love mm. 
and it overrides any thoughts of doing anything. Any of those euphoric recalls, Jim, that I get, mm. I just think about what I do. And when I'm in that sea, through photography, through my love of also through my love of photography, um, it's all. About, I think what I'm doing is actually trying to show people why why I love the ocean through my photos. It's not yeah. actually, I'm not really, it's not actually like I'm taking pictures because that's a cool move for that surfer. Yeah. It's, it's, or, or whatever, or, or it's, 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 I'm trying to show people why I've given up booze. Yeah. Because so of how amazing. Because of what you're looking at through yeah. my, what you're looking at on your screen mm. is the reason that I don't drink anymore. Yeah. That is like, that's, that's insane. That, that, like, that nails it on the head for me, Nick. Um, and it's, it is, it is so nice to know that your work now is, it's on your terms. Um, your mm. photography that you're doing, obviously you're doing the surf photography for classes yeah. and stuff, but then you're also just going out and taking some incredible shots of the water regardless. Um, and it's kind of nice that you, you're, you're kind of getting a double, benefit out of that you're getting the benefit out of, out of actually just going out there for you but then yeah. you're also getting to take some amazing shots which you can then share with with the rest of the world which is a beautiful thing do, do you do you ever just go out just you without the camera and you just go and lap it all up yeah completely i i always i mean i think that's especially if i'm especially if i'm feeling down mm. or i'm having one of those days as we all do yeah um you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's being immersed, literally mm. immersed in the, in, in nature there. Yeah. Um, and I think letting you the control, your human control mm. in mother nature. Um, do, do you, do you find, um, cold water works better for you than, than warm water as well? Yeah, I, I, a big I, think, thing? I think so. I think, you know, you were mentioning about, um, cold water earlier. I've always had much more of an interest in, you know, I've, um, gone off to sort of scotland and you know obviously well growing up surfing in england but like mm. you know, scotland and norway and places like that i've always i've always found it's benefit me more yeah and uh, are, you, are you surfing a lot as well no no there's one time i had a, it was it was when people asked me about how do you juggle um juggle between surfing and photography surf mm. photography i once had a i was I sat in the lineup and basically the light was incredible. And I wished in my head that I wasn't on the surfboard and that I was shooting. Yeah. It was so weird. And it kind of just triggered in my head. Mm. That I prefer surf photography. And I think with surf photography and we get the added bonus of when we do do that job is mm. that we get back to go and go look through the pictures yeah. to see what we've done. Yeah. You know, it's like a double whammy. It's almost. a total double whammy. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think the community that we have in the UK, I mean, I've uh, just through, you know, it's, I love Instagram for it is the, it's, you know, the small group of surf photographers in the UK are some of the loveliest people. Yeah. And we're all so supportive of each other as yeah. well, which is, is, is what is so great. I love it. And, um, how do we like wrap, wrapping this up? What's yeah. what's on the what's on the horizon for Nick Corkill? So um, horizon for me. So I'm actually in the middle of making a little a little film about this about this little story. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So um, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, I just want to try and push across to people again. Like what we're talking about here is that it doesn't. You know, you don't have to look. Outside substances to have a decent life. Mm. 
and it can be what you what you make it. Yeah. So that's quite exciting. Um, when will he, when will we expect to see that? I next year. Okay. Next year. So I haven't really nailed down any dates, but obviously, if you um, check out my social feeds and things like that, I always you know I'll be updating that and things like that. For those listening, what what is your what's your handle for stuff like that? Oh, so for my Instagram um, and Twitter, it's um, at Nico underscore photo. Cool. Uh, and my website is um, nicophoto.co.uk. Radical. I mean, there's more of my journey on there as well. And um, uh, God, I keep saying journey. <laughs> it's, like, no, it's all good. If, you, if there's anyone out there who's listening to this and they want to get in contact, if they feel like they're struggling mentally, um, with any kind of substance abuse or any 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 kind of addiction worries or mental health just please please get get give me a shout because you do you you get through these things with others it's not i don't believe in willpower and doing this on your own it's about mm. doing personally mm. that's, uh, um, that's a really bold thing to we say also, we we also have um a really good group um in cornwall in st agnes called calm camera Mm-hmm. Um, which is for um, men who is about men's mental health and um, photography. Um, and that runs once a month, beginning of the month. Um, and that's also a, 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 um, a great thing if you want to just get involved with that. Um, but yeah, I, I really just want to help people, dude. Like, yeah. I really, Cause it's just, it's just something that it's just really been such a big part of my life. Well, yeah, you've you've been you've been through it, and you're you know fortunately you're out on you're out the other side, and you you know you're doing great, man. Uh, and it's yeah. so nice that you're there to to try and hoik people out of the out of the water that they're in that isn't so much fun at the time. So, um, good on you, and do thank you so much for for sharing it with us. It's obviously been it's hard, it's really hard to be able to share, and um, it's great that you're living in the moment and ha- having to dig up old stuff isn't isn't a fun thing to do, but maybe that helps with the healing process overall i don't know but just from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for uh for sharing oh, it's really kind brother, brother so much love man it's uh, if i was gonna do something like this like i was obviously nervous but to do it with to do it with you bro it uh, means a lot mate it's great to see you um i understand you've got this airbnb in november um yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to be able to come down and, and see we will be a team of five so we're not breaking the rule of six i'd love to come and play but to, um, to wrap it up, you're, you're a hero. Um, and thanks. And I can't wait to see you again. Lots of love, my brother. Cheers, Corkill. Big love, man. Yeah. Cheers, Greg. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Inspired Surfers with Nick Corkill. There is no doubt that this is a deep and personal story, and we are very thankful to Nick for sharing it. To see his work or find out how to get in touch, head over to wavelengthmag.com.